Welcome to the Power Your Life radio show with host and success doc, Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and I'm Joanne White. Thanks for tuning in to Power Your Life. And I'm very excited because I have some very special people today, and we are thinking in terms of even though it's not April, we are supporting Autism Awareness Month in March because many of you know that my book, More Heaven Because Every Child is Special, we're launching it this month, and I'm very, very excited. And many of the proceeds for the book is going to go to the Autism Cares Foundation. So I am very blessed to have the founders of the Autism Cares Foundation here on the show and also the social media person for the Autism Cares Foundation. So Linda and Frank Cooper have two sons, and when their younger son, Michael, was diagnosed with autism before his third birthday, they decided to rewrite the rule book and provide an active and happy life for their young sons. As a result of their heartfelt parental love, Linda and Frank co-founded the Autism Cares Foundation. Their dream for the Autism Cares Foundation is constantly expanding and will soon be providing services for special needs adults. They are both relentless in their pursuit of an autism life enrichment community, the center of excellence, which the proceeds for More Heaven are going to go towards, and further expanding the foundation into other parts of the tri-state area and beyond. The Autism Cares Foundation has become an extended family of acceptance and shows that the dream of one family can change the world. That got me teared up a little bit. Deborah Wallace Foreman is the Director of Communications for the Autism Cares Foundation, which is a nonprofit, and she works, works with both Linda and Frank Cooper to transform the lives of hundreds of children with autism and their families by providing up to 150, wow, free annual events and life enrichment programs. Deborah is also the founder of Wallace Media Services, a full-service writing, editing, publicity, and social media company that helps nonprofits and businesses with their promotional campaigns. Deborah's been published in Family Circle, Cosmopolitan, Australian Women's Day, the British Press Association, Suburban Life Magazine, and more. Wow, I am so blessed to have the three of you wonderful people on the air. Thanks for being here. <laughs> oh, thank Thanks you for, for having, having us. It's actually my pleasure. So let's start a little bit with the foundation. And I'm not sure whether Linda or Frank, whoever, whomever wants to speak, but what I know a little bit about the reason, but what was the vision for the foundation? And can you share that with us? Frank, would you like to answer that question? And I can... <laughs> Well, we started the foundation uh, primarily because of our son, Michael, who, you know, slightly after his second birthday was diagnosed with autism. And what we realized as as he began to, to grow a little bit older, we have a, an older son as well who's typical, that their lives were very much different. Uh, my typical son, you know, had sports activities, friends over constantly, birthday parties that he was going to. And as I like to say, the world was his oyster. Michael, our special needs autistic child, however, his life was completely different. Uh, When he stepped off that school bus at the end of the day, his life was filled with uh, therapy sessions, uh, people working on ABA drills and so on, Um, not, not invited to birthday parties. No kids were really coming to play with Michael. And, um, that's, that was really our impetus for beginning the foundation. Linda and I really looked at each other one day and said, 
you know, why does it need to be this way? And the easy answer was it doesn't. So we decided we were going to change the rule book and uh, create a new book filled with opportunities for people. You know, Michael now is, I think he's 17, is that correct? And which is totally correct. different from from ha- having a younger child with, with special needs and autism. What are some of the very specific challenges that that Michael and you as his as his parents are facing now? Well, the challenges um, that we've faced uh, are probably not so different than most parents face when they're dealing with a special needs child. My mindset is to convert challenges into new opportunities for growth and development for both him and me. The rewards have been... Oh, gosh. Um, having more patience, uh, more understanding, and acceptance. Um, it has also taught taught me, and I think I can speak for Frank, uh, in encouragement, perseverance, and, and how to face life's challenges in positive manners. Now, and I Deb, think we... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Joanne. Go ahead. No, I think we could walk. Go ahead. Finish that, please. Uh, what I wanted to um, continue to say that the struggles that as parents face through all different levels of their life, they're so different. It's the uncertainty that makes it challenging. But as I said before, you take those challenges and you develop new opportunities for growth and development, not just for Michael, but for any child that is struggling with special needs. Which is what you, all three of you, really have done with the Autism Cares Foundation. Now, Deborah, you have a different scenario in terms of your son. He's not 17. How old old is your son now? Adam is 10. And uh, when you have a child who has speech issues and language issues, which a lot of our children do, um, the first time he says, I love you, Mommy, at bedtime, you know, the tears don't stop. And and now that's the last thing we say, you know, when I kiss him goodnight. And um, it's been a roller coaster ride, to you know, with the school system, with the therapies. Um, the costs are substantial, monetary, and, and it breaks your heart when your child isn't included or, or when he's having troubles or the simplest transition that a typical child will say, okay, we're not going to go here, we're not going to go there, we might go for pizza, we might change things up, that's very difficult for our children. Uh, they they, they want to know what to expect. Um, he told me yesterday I couldn't take him to the tutor because I missed the turn the last time, and he was afraid I was going to miss the turn. So <laughs> so I do a lot of preparing, and, and I also celebrate uh, the victories, you know, as he progresses with reading instead of um, saying, no, 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 I don't want to try that because it might be more difficult. You know, I went from reading to him every night to, you know, to him reading to me. So um, so the, the rewards and the challenges are sometimes seem insurmountable, but uh, you get through them, you know, with a lot of love. And, um, you know, there's days you don't know you're going to be able to do it, but you do it and... Um, and it's just wonderful, you know, when your child hugs you and and um, and and it starts to mature and starts to get the benefit of therapies. And um, we went to Autism Cares Foundation, you know, one of their first events to to be accepted to play for for my me to have support for him to have friends, and and it only got better and better. And the same thing with Michael. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. the Autism Foundation, Foundation has been, I guess it's eight years now that you've been in existence. Is that correct? Is it eight years? Yes. Yes, so, that, is, how, that is correct. How has it evolved and changed in, in those eight years? Well, Autism Care Foundation initially launched uh, our events back in 2008. We started with six events and realized very quickly, uh, Dr. White, how essential 
these activities were to the families and how the children, especially the children, how they benefited from these events. From our initial beginning in 2008, um, when we did these events, we were geared primarily to the younger children, whereas today we are providing up to 150 events, programs, activities, spanning all ages, including adults and their families. You know, that's, that's very, very important. I, yes. I did, I did uh, my dissertation on what was going to happen to children once they, once they exited, like, public education in terms of 21 and whatever, because at that time there were not a lot of programs and, lot of, and, and many children, unfortunately, were, were isolated and kept at home after they finished high school. Right. So what, has that changed at all, anybody? Well, I know from Autism Cares Foundation, we have been working very diligently on becoming a licensed service provider for adults with special needs. We do anticipate within the next few weeks to a few months that we will have our approval certification and we will become a licensed provider. This will open up new opportunities for Autism Cares Foundation and the many families that we serve. So it's it's an essential. It's a need. This is we're, we're extremely excited about this new adventure, this new path we're going down. And you're absolutely right, Joanne. Especially over 21, there's so many, so many um, obstacles and needs that are so different from when they're younger. When they're younger, they have the early intervention and the intermediate unit, and they have the school districts. But after 21, it's a, it's a whole different ball game, whole different you know, set of rules. Right. And, and oftentimes many of, the, many of these children, young adults, are not getting the vocational training that they need to be able to go out into the world and and work and and feel valued and make a contribution. So I think that's very important. Yeah, that's that's going to be one of our major areas of focus as we uh, bring on board our adult services uh, provisioning. Um, The unemployment rate for people with special needs uh, is between 75 and 90%. Um, Difficult to get an exact statistic, uh, in that it's not measured specifically by your level, your type of disability, um, but fair to say that uh, the more pronounced your disability or autistic characteristics are, the less likely it is that you will find gainful employment. Uh, we're hoping to make inroads on that through, again, being our licensed service provider and the services that we will be offering, which will include job skills training, working with our community business partners to develop job skills that they can actually perform uh, so that we can get gainful employment for our folks. I'm so glad you're doing that because I've worked with families that just say, even, you know, what am I going to do now, now that he's done, I have a full-time job now that he's done with, with, with high school, what else? Why didn't they do what they needed to do to, to help my child move forward? Now, all go ahead. Uh, to, to, to echo in on that a little bit, uh, just as recently as last week, I had an opportunity to be at our resources center in Southampton, and um, a, a gentleman and, and well, I'm going to say a gentleman and, and mom showed up, uh, no appointment, you know, that sort of a thing, just sort of a very impromptu, and basically said, you know, we just wanted to, to, to come by and chat with you. Uh, we have Billy at home. He's 21 years old. And Billy doesn't have a job, and she says, I'm embarrassed to say, but Billy's day is sitting at home watching TV because there is nothing for him uh, in the way of a job. Uh, so we shared with them, you know, uh, as as we're uh, awaiting our final approvals here to begin services, um, that we're making inroads in that. And, uh, you know, of course, we invited Billy to attend all of our current activities and, and, and uh, events um, and mom and, and dad were very, very pleased to hear all of that. Um, but it just goes to show and, and just to, to uh, you know, capitalize on the point you're making that 
when they leave school, there are not a lot of opportunities presently today, and, and we need to change that. We definitely do, and I think that's a travesty because here these these children are working hard, they're in school, and then suddenly nothing. It's it's as though the rug is pulled out from under them, and, it, and it's very difficult. Now, Deborah, you were talking about some challenges that that you are having with and that you have had with with school and with the administration and many people think that oh okay now that there's inclusion and children with special needs and autism are integrated into so-called um regular classrooms there isn't a problem but i think that that's not correct so could you fill us in a little bit on that well they knew from the first day of kindergarten that my son had behavioral issues and and needed some support, and yet the first few months of kindergarten were a nightmare. Uh, They had lawnmowers and suburban-type hedgers and all these very loud machines outside the window, and he was terrified, and he couldn't find the words. And there was a behavior plan that was supposed to be in place, and I spent every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, they said it's an emergency plan. I said, so speed it up if it's an emergency. And they finally got his one-on-one and his behavioral plan and the OT and the speech, and they worked it out. But I always felt like, you know, thank God I'm a good advocate, you know, that that I'm not afraid to speak up for him and, and make waves and jump up and down if I have to. But But I know other parents aren't good at that or... Um, they just don't have the skills to be able to. You have to be able to nicely and friendly manner um, push and nudge and 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 do what you need to do for your children because a lot of it is is money based. And it, um, when he finally started at his elementary school, it was the first time that they had had an autistic support class. So I felt like we were a little bit of a guinea pig. And um, even two weeks ago, we had an IEP meeting, Individualized Education Plan, and I heard about a new program that would help with his reading comprehension. And I said, could we try this? And they were reluctant. You know, they they had a teacher in place who knew the program. And, again, I, I had to say, what's the worst thing that can happen? I mean, they were like, well, we don't know if we can find, he's already has such a full schedule with his autistic support classes and his typical, you know, maybe it's not going to work. And I said, maybe it is. Like, if that's the piece that that you need, you know, and and sometimes it's mind-boggling to me. You know, I always say to them, if this was a gifted and talented child who could play the violin from the age of five, you wouldn't be telling me that, that you don't have the funds or the staff or the ability. Well, to me, our children are differently gifted. You know, some of them, you know, have great computer skills. Some of them have artistic skills, you know, and you just have to find that thing that they love. Um, My son loves animals and Disney movies, whatever it is. You know, I say, bring that into the classroom. Bring that into his education and don't just be so strict that this is the curriculum and, and we have to test this way or we have to do, you know, do they're different learners. They see the world differently. So let's adapt and bring out the best in them. You know, it's interesting. That's so true. It's interesting because, they're, because you're, you're lucky that you were able to advocate. There are so many families that, that don't have that ability to advocate for their children for the right services in schools. And my bully-free book, when I interviewed a lot of the parents, it was shameful what they had to do. As, aside from the, the expense and and just having to sometimes be embarrassed and to, to have to go through that when you're when you want the best for your children is really very, very difficult and, and unfair, very much unfair. I have a question because there are several people, there are several opinions here that autism needs to be cured, okay? And there's somebody that I met that actually says that that's what she does. She cures people with autism. What's anybody want to talk about that? What does that mean? How do you feel about that? <laughs> I I can say from from my perspective, uh, Dr. White, that's a really difficult difficult question. I could speak on behalf of my son, and 
my son's disability. I wish I could say that for my son. I don't see that with my son. Um, because of the struggles that he faces every single day, I, m- my husband and I tried everything that you can imagine uh, to help Michael in any way we can. And I think that's what all parents want to do. They want to try and find something, something magical out there that can just say, you know, today is Michael, tomorrow he's a different, he's a totally different kid. For for our son, I, you know, I don't see a cure for Michael, but again, I, it, you know, I certainly can't speak to other parents out there, and I certainly don't want to, to, to say that there is. For For us, I don't see it in my son because of all the different struggles that he faces uh, through day-to-day communication, um, you know, being, it's so hard for him to communicate and to share what he feels. Like the other day, he was so upset in the morning, Dr. White, and I'm like almost to tears. I'm like, Michael, you know, Michael, what's wrong? And I'm going through some sign language to find out what is wrong. And you know, we we gave him some ibuprofen, thinking that would help, and throughout the day it did. But you know what? You take each day as it comes. And Frank and I have done so much for Michael, and we're continuing to do things for Michael. Um, that's a hard question. I, I really, that's a, that's just a tough, tough question. And And you also have so many kids on the spectrum. They're all different levels, as you know, Dr. White. Right. They're all different. Like there's the, they're brilliant. They are all brilliant. And my only thought is, you find something that they're really good in, and you just work at it, and you work at it, and you do the best you can. And as far as their life goes, you just keep praying, <laughs> lots of prayers, and you just try to go through it. But you know what? As parents, you do try all alternatives. Absolutely. But as far as the cure, well, I hope someday there is. <laughs> I hope someday in, in our lifetime, I don't know if, the, if it'll ever be, but from my perspective regarding my son, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't see that. I don't know how, you know, Frank, I don't know what your thought or Deb, but that's, that's my thought. Well, I wanted, I wanted to interject something and then, then Frank and, and Deb respond. If there is a so-called cure, I mean, what about children with autism and, and adults with autism who, like we've been talking, are so incredibly gifted in so many areas and, and who have made wonderful contributions in to our world and to art and to, to music and to animal yeah. husbandry? I mean, what what's going to happen with that? So anybody want to speak to that? Deborah? I I think the word cure, you know, might be, I mean, as our ch- children mature and, you know, the first time Adam could say my throat hurts so I could take him to the doctor and not have to guess. I mean, that was definitely, you know, they they grow, they mature, they, they learn to adapt, they, they learn how to do things. You know, I, I think the language of, of cure um, is just something that I don't think that's important. I think you just get them I think to if the you best, give them you know. the tools, right, Deb? And I think okay. as much intervention as they're young, it's so important to get as many services for them while they're young because it, it helps them as they become adults. So you get the, you know, so you, you make sure you have the OT and the speech and the PT and all these tools that are necessary to help them. And I do feel that they can live, you know, fulfilling lives, like being an artist or a musician. I mean, we have one, uh, her name is Christina, and she's phenomenal playing that violin. I could sit there all day to listen to her. She just plays beautifully. So I agree with Deb. It's just, you know, a matter of making sure, you know, you find something that they really love to do and and you capitalize on that. And not putting limits on them. You know, I, I hear no all the time from everybody. You know, he's just, um, you know, you go for guitar lessons or, or sports or anything. And 
anything can be adapted to whatever right. level it is and and let them thrive and and uh and um and do and the best that be, they can. Be the best Adam and best Michael that they could be. Exactly. Me, and you know what what's so great? Want. Because there are there are a lot of wonderful opportunities for them out there to do. What has actually been very important and instrumental for for both both of you, for, I guess for both Michael and Adam in terms of their development and, and moving forward? Uh, Deb, I can have you answer that one first. <laughs> okay. Um, a excellent speech therapist. The first couple we tried um, were in small offices, very confined. They had gone to speech therapy school. They didn't really have any tricks up their sleeves, so to speak. And um, then we went to um, Shelley Brownstein and Langhorne in her home, and she ran around and had all kinds of old toys and new toys and got out things that he liked. And then we went home, and the hour lesson we expand at our kitchen table to two, three, four, five hours a day. So finding that therapy, good OT, good PT, and believing in him and not having people come in and evaluate him and saying he's only going to be able to do this or that. Um, My late husband was also an amazing advocate, you know, who just believed that this child could reach major goals. and, And he really wanted him to have to be with typical peers and have the love and the nurturing of an Autism Cares Foundation. And we went to events from the time that Adam was like three or four, but also be with his typical peers and, and learn how to swim. And He rides a horse. Um, just not taking no for an answer and giving him every opportunity and saying if it doesn't work, if this therapist, if this class, if this book doesn't work, try another one. The perseverance, right. the persistence, believing in him, and and now a lot of patience and acceptance, and 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 if he if he doesn't get invited to the birthday parties, then I'll have five birthday parties in my house. Just you know, <laughs> just being his cheerleader, which is so important. And you know, I think what's also really essential to any child, typical, non-typical is to be able to have those supports. And, and like all of you are talking about, recognizing their strengths, their special talents, regardless of who they are, so that we can, like you, you've been saying, capitalize on them. Linda, you were going to talk about the challenges of Michael, I mean, the, and, the, and what has really helped to help him develop. Yes, yes, and I'm actually going to have Frank also speak about this because what's, as we find that having a mother's perspective and a father's perspective, they are different right? in some ways. So what I've seen in, in Michael, what I try to do is fulfill Michael's life and do whatever it takes to enrich his life and, and actually prepare him for the future because Michael's going to be 18 in April and his needs change, and now we're, you know, it'll be dealing with transitional period um, for Michael, and then, of course, 21 and, and all of that. What I've seen with, with Michael is he amazes me every day. The things that come out of his mouth sometimes or the things that he he has been doing has amazed me. The other day I was doing some work on my computer and Michael actually wanted to type on my computer. Well, Michael's never came over to me and kind of nudged me, and he wanted to type on my computer. So I started working with him. Now, in school, they've been doing this, and I know they've been doing it, and it's wonderful. He actually has uh, an email account. We, we message back and forth every day, and it's wonderful. So I see something in Michael that I didn't see when he was younger. So as they as Deb mentioned before, as they mature, you're starting to see other things that you never thought he would do before. And I'm finding that wonderful. Now Michael, we actually have a private speech pathologist that comes to 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 work with Michael every Monday. She's wonderful. Her name is Susan Demilia and she has really brought out some 
brought out a lot of socialization with Michael, but also able to use his words more as well as what the school is doing. And Michael really didn't have much language prior. I mean, there were some words he could he could speak and he could say, but if you know, my husband would say to me, "What did he just say?" And I would say, "Well, I I know what he said. I I get it." So I think just keep working with him um, and and developing these needs that will be essential for him as adults. So that's what we're focusing more on, on on things that can help him with his job, like job skill training and job development. That's why I'm really excited about Autism Care Foundation and that we're we're going to go to that next level. We are going to have our license in the next couple of weeks and we'll be able to, you know, do so much, and we're really excited about that. Now, Frank, I'm sure you have a few things that you would like to say um, to this to this conversation as well. Sure. Uh, you know, from a different perspective, um, b- being the, uh, the, the, the person who is least around Michael, because, you know, I hold a full-time job and have to provide the income for my family, um, I, I sort of look at Michael a little bit differently. I'm not around him as often as, as my wife is. So, you know, I have a few hours during evenings and, of course, weekends. Uh, what, you know, my biggest concern uh, for Michael is to create as many abilities for him as we possibly can uh, so that he can have a more fulfilling and enriching life. Uh, concerns, parental concerns of what happens when uh, I age out and can no longer provide care and need care myself. What will happen with Michael? What will his future be like? Um, those sorts of concerns. So I'm focused very much on those issues uh, as they surround and impact Michael and, and my you know entire family. Um, so I continually drive and push our organization, Autism Cares Foundation, to look beyond immediacy and say, what will happen? How can we address this? What are the things that we can do today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, in order to continue to make inroads and uh, really change the dynamics of of, uh, what is out there today? You know, I think that's so important because many parents, they don't necessarily have to think, okay, what happens as I age? What happens as my son or my daughter with, with autism gets older, are they going to be able to have a job? Are they going to be able to be independent? Are they going to be able to to have social relationships? And many of these questions are not necessarily questions of typical parents, and, and they're very important. Right. So what you folks are doing with the Autism Cares Foundation, the future goals in terms of really doing, helping with that preparation and help, not only helping the children and the young adults, but also working with the families. I think that's so, so essential because families need that support and and here's a place where they can get it. What else needs to be done? We're talking about education and the the social and um, cultural climate. What, you know, everybody, like I said, people are looking and they think, okay, it's all great. We're doing so much more with with all of this, it's out in the open. We're, um, but what needs to be done, Deborah? You want to start because I still think that that there's so more, so much more that we can do and that we need to do to to move forward. I would say the whole community, uh, wherever we are, you know, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and the rest of the country, needs to understand and accept our children and other people's children. When I walk into a public bathroom and ask a mom, please don't put the hand dryer on because it really bothers my son's ears and he's going to cry, and she looks at me like I'm a lunatic and turns it on anyway, I wonder, you know, what's what's going on. So, you know, people to be patient for them to say, yes, your child may run around the room and have quirky behaviors or or touch my, you know, my my knickknacks, but I'm still going to include my family and my son in your Easter celebration or Passover. I'm I'm going to be patient and kind. And even I know people whose own families will judge and say you're not doing enough for this child or or, you know, I this child is 
noisy or, or, you know, too easily annoyed or going to a mall and have somebody, you know, just want to judge you instead of saying, you must be having a rough day, your child must be having a rough day. Is there something I can do to help you? You know, the whole climate needs to, we all need to care about one another's children, whether they have special needs or not. You know, I think that's important. A few years ago, I had another family who had a son with autism on my show, and and she was talking about how difficult her and unaccepting her family was initially in terms of, you know, family gatherings. Her son would make a lot of noise and get very upset if there was loud sounds like you're talking about for Adam and and. Finally, what she did was she created a little video to help. It was to help not just the family, but to help people understand. And then there was one point where at a family gathering, her sister, who was not very tolerant initially but had seen the video and understood, brought a friend there who was very upset about her son's behavior. And she turned to him and said, if you're not comfortable this is my family, you can leave, which was actually a big step for the family because before that it was like, just what you said, Deborah, you're not doing you're not disciplining him enough. You're not doing the right thing. What's wrong with your child? What's wrong with you? So mm-hmm. what else do we think needs to be done, Linda, Frank, in terms of moving forward? Hmm. Well, I think we all believe and hope that we continue to bring autism awareness to our community. And I think seeing young people like our high school students and our college students and parents that are really getting involved, I see it more and more and more with organizations that want to help individuals with special needs. And I and I love seeing that because it's a win-win. It's a high school student connecting with a special needs student, building friendships, building everlasting love and caring and being compassionate for others and understanding. I think teaching our young people to get involved to by giving back to the community. And they could find something that they love, you know, whatever passion it may be. Act on it. Take take it forward. Connect with these people. They're they're beautiful. Seeing someone either in a wheelchair or someone that's struggling to get to open up a door because they they have they have a disability. To be more passionate about people. And and I think what I love about the organization is that we have such wonderful volunteers that that help and develop everlasting relationships. They they hug, they do high fives uh, to the ones that, you know, that, that can't say hi, you know. And I think it's just spreading the awareness. Because as you know, years ago, uh, Dr. White, you know, there was, what, one in, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but... It wasn't one in 68 children today that are diagnosed with autism. Right. And I think we're being more and more aware of it. But we need we need to work on it a little bit more. But I think it's a start. I think when we have our young people in high schools and college and, and parents think, and the parents are wonderful, they're allowing their children to interact and to connect with our kids it is such a joy, and you know what? We we run our fitness program every Thursday night, and we have some volunteers that actually come on a on a regular basis. Our our teens and adults go up to them by name now, and they can't wait to see them, and they, and they just love to be together, and and to open up the friendships. And I go through the same thing like Deb. Deb, Deb does with Adam. I mean, I'll go out with Michael, and Michael's going to be 18, and he's six foot tall, and he's about 170 pounds, and I'm this little thing that's five feet, and, you know, he might get upset in the community, and, you know, people will watch. But you know what I do now, and I've been doing it for years, and it's helped me. I focus on my Michael. 
I don't focus on what's surround me anymore. And I've actually had people come up to me and they will say, you're amazing with your son. And I'm like, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I focus on my son and I try not to focus on the negativity that is around me. And you know what? Some people probably, one, they don't understand. And two, let me, let me they're jump uncomfortable. In right. Let me jump in here a second. Uh, yeah, I, t- I think that we're all on key points here. There's, there's a huge difference between awareness and acceptance. And, right. and I think people are generally aware of the diagnosis of autism. They're not accepting of the behavioral and social issues that go along with it. So that's where uh, information, tolerance, uh, community awareness and support need to continue and actually increase. Um, because, you know, as, as everyone was saying, as you leave the school setting and you enter our wonderful big world of ours, uh, you, you confront and you interact with people of all sorts of disabilities, not just autism. And right. to take that one extra moment, as most typical people do, and hold the door open for someone else or say hello uh, and just treat them as, an individual who has all the abilities that you do as a typical person. That's wow. what we need to change. You know, I, well I, said. I support that. Right. I, that's so very important because awareness is one thing. Acceptance is key to living wonderfully together, to cooperatively together. And when you were talking, Linda, I was thinking, too, that many Children, so-called typical children, like the the um, high school students that you were talking about that volunteer, what they are doing helps them. When I was teaching children with special ed a long time ago, many of the parents were very concerned, well, what happens if my child is in contact? Or, I mean, what's going to happen to his or her IQ? What's going to happen to their behavior? Well, a lot of research is, is beginning to be out there that, that when there's that kind of level of coexistence and cooperation, everybody wins, not just the child with autism or special needs, but the other children who are developing incredible skills and knowledge and strength to to help them move forward in life. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Um, It makes the individual a more well-rounded person so that they can deal with um, the twists and turns that life will throw at them as they enter adulthood and, and have a job and a career and so on and so forth. Uh, as we all know, uh, life is not just a big bowl of cherries and roses. It's filled with uh, bumps and potholes and twists and turns along the way. <laughs> That's very true. Now, we're going to close a little bit, but I want to make sure that we talk about your gala, your seventh annual gala and auction, which I'm going to go to, yes. Oh, yay. yay. Oh, we can't wait. We can't wait. We're so excited. Yes, yes, Dr. White. Our gala is scheduled for Saturday, May 7th uh, at the Spring Mill Manor. Uh, that is located in Ivy Land in, in Bucks County. And we're really excited. And I don't want to kind of spoil it, but we'll, we'll, be, we'll be doing some, uh, some dancing and, and, and great auction items, but we're going to have an amazing unveiling. And I don't want to say what that is. No, we want to surprise. Don't say it. Don't we say want it. to be surprised, but we're so excited. We're actually going to have Jim Donovan uh, from CBS3. Uh, he's coming to be our MC, and he's just he lights up a room. No matter he just walks in and, and just lights up a room. So we're we're so excited. We're going to have Dr. White come in and light up the room, and and Jim <laughs> Donovan, and it's just going to be a fantastic event. Um, and we really would, uh, you know, appreciate uh, our business associates and to to come out and and either you know sponsor the gala, be a donor, um, and and attend. And if you and if you're unable to attend, uh, of course we we would love any contribution uh, towards the foundation. And uh, it's just going to be an exciting event. And um, you have to wait and, and come and, and see uh, what's going on with ACF. Good. So how can families and, and businesses get a hold of, of you folks for the Autism Cares Foundation, find out more about the gala, find out more about 
the center of excellence and everything else that you're doing to support you? Yes. Um, oh, I just drew a blank for a minute. Uh, yes, they can They can go to autismcaresfoundation.org, and all the information will be on our website, or they can contact us at 215-942-2273. And I wanted to just, I just wanted to mention one um, quick topic that I, or I should say short topic that I want to mention, um, Dr. White, is the center, um, I wanted to talk briefly about it, the center would be uh, an inclusion community where the local community would be encouraged to participate and interact through the venue of retail shops, personal care services, and social activities of our special needs adults. And it would also... um, they would also be able to participate in the community as well as go through life skill development, job training, um, recreational activities, and permanent residential opportunities. So that is the center of excellence. Wow, it's very, very exciting. And I'm so glad that um, more heaven, because every child is special, that some of the proceeds of that are going to go towards this incredible center of excellence. I can't wait. I wish I lived close and to that you. Much- I do a lot more. <laughs> right, and that launches on March 15th, correct, Dr. White? That's next Tuesday. Thank you, March 15th, yes. Now, wonderful, wonderful. So please, everybody, go out and buy the book. It's it's wonderful. Thank you. Deborah. you do more than just work for the Autism Cares Foundation. So tell people how they can get a hold of you. You do so much in terms of social media, publicity, writing. Your writing is fantastic. So Tell people how they can get a hold of you, and then we're going to have um, a closing remark. Sure. Um, they can contact me through my Facebook page, which is Wallace Media Services, um, and um, or they can email me at Deborah Wallace um, at Verizon.net or through ACF. I'm sure they'll they'll um, give me the message. So uh, I'd love to help nonprofits. Um, and especially the ones that are near and dear to my heart, um, because your child is your heart. And you, you, when somebody reaches out to me and, and loves me and loves my child, you know, I, that's better than a Pulitzer Prize to me. Same, <laughs> Great. Same, same, that's <laughs> same with us, too. Anybody want to just have a closing remark, anything that you want to say that we didn't cover before we leave? Well, I would just like to thank you again, Dr. White, for having us on your radio show today. And thank you for all you do for your community because you are very instrumental in our community. And we appreciate all that you do. And and I appreciate our our relationship, our friendship. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to our continuing partnership. And I also want to thank everyone uh, who has uh, continued to show uh, love and support to Autism Cares Foundation and the families, and we hope you continue to support us. Uh, There's a lot more that lies ahead, and we look forward to the future. And we thank everyone from the bottom of our hearts, and um, we appreciate all that everyone does from our volunteers who are so instrumental Uh, to the success of Autism Care Foundation and our parents. And let's just continue to keep the hope and uh, and spread spread the word of autism awareness. Thank you. Deborah, did you want to add anything before we close? Spending time with with Linda and Frank and and seeing what they've created in in eight years instead of taking no for an answer, uh, it's proof that, you know, one mom, one dad, one family can change the world, and and we need to do that for our kids, and and we'll get so much more um, in return. Like the students in Adam's class who are patient with him tell me, you know, you can see it in their eyes and with their parents, they're gaining too, just like you said. So we all need to work together and prove the world for, you know, for all of our children. And what I think together we can all accomplish so much more than any one of us can individually. 
you know, I, I I think that's so true, and and we would see a different world. We really would one that that's functioning more on cooperation and collaboration, and and a lot of that is happening. So we need more of this and more. And again, and I love not just tolerance, not just awareness, but more acceptance, and not just for children and and youth and adults with special needs and autism, but also for their families, their loving families that do so much to to make their world right. Thank you all for being on the show. It's been wonderful to have you, and you know that this is very near and dear to my heart. Thank you so much, Dr. White. Thank you so much. My Thank pleasure. You. My pleasure. Next week, we're shifting gears, and next week we actually have Coach Jim Johnson, who wrote a book called A Coach and a Miracle, and it's about a child that was on his team with autism. And I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil the story, but there was a miracle there, so that's very very important. My launch for More Heaven, because every child is special, is Tuesday next Tuesday, March fifteenth. So please, we're doing a big launch. We're having the book on sale on Amazon. And we'd love you to be part of it because, again, the proceeds are going to this incredible Autism Cares Foundation. You've heard the founders. You've heard Deborah Cooper, who supports them and does work for them. And help us. Help us enrich the lives of so many children. And remember that you are incredibly powerful. You can help empower others the same way that you empower yourself. And what you need to do is dig inside of you and allow those wonderful gifts. And everybody, everybody has gifts to share in the world. So let's let's be sure that we give people and children and youth and adults the opportunity to do that because it will enrich us in the way that it also enriches them. Thanks for being here and have a great day wherever you are. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit docwhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come.